right, we're going. We're recording. Nice. So you, it's your turn with the cold opening. It is. It's mine. So, okay, up top, I want to do a shout out to my friend Brock, who listened to our first podcast and made note of when we were confused or trying to find a name for a a, a group of Bigfoots. So, like, crows have a murder of crows. You mm-hmm. know, you got a herd mm-hmm. of sheep. You've got, I don't know. Is it a mischief of foxes? I think if that's not, it. If not, it should be. If not, it should be. Yeah. I, yeah. So, he came up with the best fucking herd name for a group of Bigfoots. And it is a foot locker. Shit. No, right? <laughs> Shit. Perfection. I love the wordplay, obviously. Yes. Yeah. Um I both hate and love it. Yeah. Like it's it's an important relationship. I, <laughs> yeah, I'm into it. No, I was like, well, you're getting a shout out immediately. Yeah. That again, I think kind of like what Coco said, I love and hate it. Like, because foot lockerage makes me think of the store and a bunch of bros. But it is very funny. No. Very good pun. Very good wordplay. Very good. Love very it. good. Perfect. Um, <laughs> so also, he's an artist. And on Twitter and Instagram, he is at hashtag physics. And that's all written out. So y'all should go check him out. Mm-hmm. It's very funny stuff. Sweet. Yeah. I like it. Love it. And so I guess that's my first thing. But my second thing is, you know, like all cryptids... And monster stories and myths and legends, they have to come from something, right? Mm-hmm. And I believe I've found what will be a future cryptid. Ooh. Oh, wait, what? Yes. All right. I need to hear more. Future I lo- cryptid. I love an origin story. This is our, our new segment. Future cryptid. <laughs> we'll Perfect. see how many we can come up with, but tell me more. Yeah. Okay. I can come up with a lot. <laughs> so this is a um, an article in the Evening Standard, which is a, a UK mm-hmm. news mm-hmm. site. It says, bloodthirsty squirrel attacks 18 people in small Welsh village in two-day Christmas rampage. <laughs> a bloodthirsty... What? Um, wait, we need to have a name for it. That means the it blood already, squirrel. It already has a name. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Like Carl. <laughs> well, no, no. We'll get into it. We'll get into okay. it. I'll read it. Oh, okay. Okay. A squirrel's reign of terror over a sleepy Welsh village has been brought to an end. This sounds after- like Goose Game. <laughs> it does. After it bit 18 residents, leaving some too scared to leave their homes. Holy fuck. 18 people? <laughs> Yes. Did, uh, okay. I know they said bloodthirsty in the headline. Did anyone actually draw blood? Oh shit. We're getting. Jim is like nodding, like knowingly. <laughs> by the way, for you all in Homeland. Homeland. Okay. Nickname Stripe. The gr- Stripe. By the way, is the name. We'll get why. We'll get why. We'll show you why. Wait. I like the idea of it being like Stripe, the blood squirrel. The blood. Squirrel. <laughs> yeah, like semicolon blood yeah. squirrel. 
The gray squirrel was finally caught in a humane trap and handed to the RSPCA by Corrine Reynolds, who had been feeding it from her garden in Buckley in North Wales. It came after more than a dozen locals reported being attacked by the rodent, with some posting gory images of bloody bite marks and deep scratches requiring tetanus jabs amid the two-day rampage. How fucking gory can a squirrel bite be? <laughs> I mean, they uh, got big teeth. They bite through nuts. I mean, I guess that's like, true. They, they, like, they'll chew right on okay, through you. Okay, fair point. Mm-hmm. Fair point, yeah. Especially if they get, like, a soft bit. The, the squirrel, who was also accused of biting dogs, cats, and chasing people down country roads. The attacks were ended when Miss Re- Ms. Reynolds set out a cage in her garden, leaving a handful of peanuts, Stripe's favorite snack, as bait. <laughs> It sounds like Stripe's favorite snack is human flesh, human not flesh. peanuts. <laughs> the RSPCA came and picked the squirrel up from Ms. Reynolds' home, transferring it from her cage in her bathroom to stop it from escaping. But the animal welfare charity said it had no choice but to put Stripe down, as it is currently illegal to release a gray squirrel back into the wild. Oh. Well, they're I'm just imagining like a full-size shotgun. <laughs> Where they're like, hey, whoa, we don't have to. <laughs> Wait a hey, second. just blown apart. <laughs> Ms. Reynolds told the standard of her sorrow after the squirrel she nicknamed Stripe, after the vicious baddie from the Gremlins was euthanized. <gasps> I love that. Yes, yes I yeah, thought yeah, about yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. Oh my God. That tracks. Yep. The 65 year old said, I'm relieved. I- okay, this is in well- Wales, so. I'm relieved. No, no, no. <laughs> is that not how it works? Maybe, I guess that was maybe, Australian. Maybe <laughs> oh, sorry God. to any Welsh people out there. Oh man, sorry. I mean, we're you could. That's <laughs> <laughs> Australian, wasn't it? Oi, oh. oi, that's a knife. If oh, any... oh, now we got to apologize to Australian people. Sorry if the, any of my Welsh friends hear this. I will um, never apologize to Australian people. <laughs> No, they you, seem lovely. I mean, I don't know. They anymore. are, and they can take a joke. They'll be all right. Yeah. I'm going to skip some. I'm going to skip some. Blah, 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 blah. On Buckley Residence Facebook group, Ms. Reynolds warned Stripe had bitten as many as 18 villagers in his spree. The tight-knit community was alerted to the rampage when a resident posted a blurry image of the animal standing on a fence as a warning. Cryptid. Cryptid. It is a cryptid yeah. now. There's yeah. a blurry There's image a blurry of it. Image. It's a cryptid. Yeah. As soon as you do that, you've locked it into history. It has also attacked my two Bengal cats, who fear nothing, she said. I dare not go out of my house, as it's lurking. It's lurking. That's a cryptid. L- lurking. But I, we need to come back to that Bengal cat thing, because I'm like, aren't they, like, wild? Like People people have them. They are large, huge, huge, large okay. cats. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I also wanted to add, because we were talking about uh, the bite from a squirrel. Mm -hmm. When I was, this is a red squirrel, a little different, but when I was in uh, the Smoky Mountains, uh, there was a day where I set my pack down and I was like washing my face in a creek and just sitting there for a second. And I looked over and a red squirrel had eaten its way through my backpack and was pulling out food and like taking off. And I was like, Fuck! And I had to buy a new backpack because of it because it tore a huge hole in it. So right. learn a lot about squirrels. Today. And that was a like a hard canvas bag too. So yeah, yeah. Got to watch out for them chompers. Mm-hmm. It. I went out to my dustbin in the garden when the squirrel ran at me for the second time. It's attacked half the street. She said, 
I love animals, would never hurt one, but this one is probably poorly to behave in such an aggressive way. Another Buckley resident, Scott Felton, 34, also reported being bitten, saying, Can I, I was just... <laughs> you know it's going to be good. I was just having a fag at my back door. <laughs> oh, boy. I was just having a fag by my back door and it jumped on me. That's not that. That was my that was my rendition of how that would go yeah. if you lived in the states. That's um the when I first was in England, I was walking down the street and I was smoking a cigarette, and someone was like, "Hey, can I get a fag?" But all I heard was, "Hey, fag," and I was like, well, hey. "Dude, like what the fuck? Like that's that's not cool." And I'm looking at him really confused, and he just kind of like did the the symbol where you put your two fingers to your lips and i was like oh right 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 <laughs> right not the slur got it okay cool let's see so oh yeah well so it's it's dead now because um it's illegal to release gray squirrels in the uk because they're an invasive species they're from north america where we live oh. yeah that they didn't have squirrels for a very long time. They can't. They they brought them over because they found them decorative. Yep. Well, they also have um, oh, uh, parakeets in London. So there's like bright green parakeets that you can find places. That it's just somebody brought them and set them free, and they've done incredibly well. Although I don't think they're decimating any local population. They're See, I guess the squirrels are yeah. not doing. Not doing great things for squirrels the local. are incredibly yeah. not great for it. Just it's wild to me though because like I think of my neighborhood and just the sheer number of squirrels. There are so many, mm-hmm. and I'm like, you know, I've never been bit by one. Do they say in the article why the squirrel was attacking people? Like, did it have rabies or? Ah, uh, what? Well, it sounded like they didn't take the chance to check. It, sounded like <laughs> it did sound like a no. They were just like, like, yeah, they were just the, like the shotgun Ow. got rid of all the evidence. <laughs> There's going to be so many content warnings oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, on true. this one. Uh, oops. <laughs> it's okay. That's why we have them. Yeah. We'll talk about it later. Animal death. Yeah, that is, that is one of them. That's one. But see, well, but this is I... a future cryptid. Yeah. Stripe. It's a gremlin squirrel. It's a bloodthirsty animal. It comes to, to bite off children's fingers. There's a blurry photo of it. There's a blurry photo of it. It's been said to lurk. It chases like people down lonely country lanes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is this is this is cryptid material mm-hmm. for sure. Dogs and cats hate it. Yeah. yeah, dogs and cats tend to really dislike cryptids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been the general narrative I've seen thus far. I think that's a, that's kind of like this old like trope is this idea that something like supernatural or otherly that cats and dogs can always tell they first. Yeah. Like they know. Well, it's like they can sense the weather or whatever. They're like in earthquakes. Yeah, so like I think it like kind of derives from that. It's like, oh, well, this is some other like you know supernatural, but still like earthly force, and that they can detect because they have like that sixth sense or whatever. But that was know. it. That was that was what I brought to the table that's, today. That's good. Little and strike. actually, my my boo gave that to me right before I left. Oh, sweet! So, I love it. Worked out. I I feel like now I want to just look up weird stories and be like here's our new cryptid <laughs> oh yeah cryptid watch cryptid watch Ooh, thanks for our first cryptid watch <laughs> i like it um i don't know if i'm gonna be able to top that are you all ready for a good old-fashioned cryptid romp mm-hmm. all righty well hello welcome to love at first sighting 
sex-positive, kink-friendly, and thirsty conversations about the monsters and cryptids that traverse our backyards and our imaginations. I'm Joyce, my pronouns are she, they, and I'm your resident cryptid researcher. I'm here with the, the Monster Book Report. Oh, and Sorry. joining me... <laughs> I was like, hey! <laughs> hey, hey! Very hey. excited. <laughs> and joining me is the super excited Jim... <laughs> Hey, I'm here with some monster porn to tickle your senses. Oh. Ooh. Ooh. Also, I feel tickled. <laughs> also joining me is the tickled Coco. Hello. I am the resident. I don't know what's going on. Um, I don't know much about cryptids, but I have always loved them. Uh, I have a background in gender and sexuality, which is my, you know, kink expertise. Uh, and I am here for the horny let's do this i also really want to learn i want to learn and get horny that's what's up <laughs> the best of both worlds yeah all right speaking of being tickled today y'all i'm i'm super excited for this monster me too this is a monster that does tickle me they are they as in plural not just mm. singular are goofy motherfuckers <laughs> <laughs> so today i bring you the loveland frog man loveland frog Loveland Lizard or Shauna Hook. So definitely big shout out to Jim for pointing this out to me. But before like white American recorded history is said that the indigenous nation of the Miami people have long known about a kind of like frog like amphibious uh, humanoid that they mm -hmm. called Shauna Hook, which is uh, said to translate to demon of the river. So as early mm -hmm. as like 17th century, uh, they've been telling French colonizers and warning them about this creature. You know, I actually learned a lot about the Miami people because I did some research because like. I didn't oh, even realize Miami was a. Yeah. yeah so it yeah. is a tribe. Just heads That's, up. Yeah. Uh, it is a tribe of indigenous folks who occupied Ohio, Illinois and Indiana, not Florida. Yeah. That <laughs> just heads up. I immediately thought of uh, Miami uh, University, which is in Ohio. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I, I went dig doing some digging just because like, you know. I, I was trying to see, get some confirmation from like an actual indigenous person, person that this was, you know, what they called them, that this is a thing. Cause you know, white people, we like to make up shit for some reason about indigenous people a lot. So I try to find some confirmation. I could not. So if you are a member of that tribe and you hear this somehow and we're wrong, let us know. We'll do yeah. a correction and apology. But yeah, I learned a lot about their culture and kind of their history Obviously, now they got pushed out by like, you know, white colonists and stuff. And now they are mainly uh, in Oklahoma. But anywho, so they are technically the first to report citing the uh, Loveland Frogman. But <clears throat> as far as white American recorded history, the first sighting was uh, March of 1955 in Loveland, Ohio, which is where they get their namesake. Um, a short order cook by the name of Robert Honeycutt was driving pretty late at night, about like 3 a.m. or something. That, you know, that old trope, the dark, lonely road. Yeah. Um, also, I'm <clears throat> sorry, I just have to. Robert Honeycutt is fucking choice. No, it is, it is a fucking great name. It's like, you know, something from MASH or something, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. There, there are other stories where they say it's a businessman and people are like, oh, we don't know who it is. But most sources point to this short order cook. For so. our um, for our younger viewers, MASH's a show that oh, your, yeah, your people and granny <laughs> uh, would watch. So I did watch it with my memo a lot. <laughs> um, we are from the country. Memo. <laughs> memo um, Joyce. 
<laughs> I am a bit of a grandma. Sorry. Um, grandma with some very eccentric interests, apparently. Okay. So lots of love. Lots of love. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, so Mr. Honeycutt was driving down the road at about 3 a.m. Um, when he noticed what seemed to be three people either praying or like hanging out or like maybe they're, well, they, there wasn't a car, but like maybe they had some road trouble. They were just kind of like all crouched and hanging out on the side of the road. And so like, as he got closer, he kind of like slowed down to kind of see what was going on. And then he realized that it wasn't three humans, but three humanoids, um, kind of crouched down in a circle. He said that they had kind of like leathery skin. It was either green and gray in color. And they're about three to four feet tall. They had webbed hands and feet, mm-hmm. frog-like heads. And the bodies were asymmetrical. Like one side was a little bit bigger than the other, which is an interesting kind of factoid. Hmm. Um, depending on what source you kind of get this story from, they either are wearing like tight shirts and baggy pants or they're nude um, most interesting is one of the creatures was holding a wand, like a wand or a rod. Mm-hmm. And it was like shooting like sparks out kind of like a sparkler or a magic wand, like, you know, from like, uh, some Disney movie. Um, and then at this point, like he kind of got out of his car, like, I don't know why you would, he got out of his car to get a closer look. And that's kind of when they all noticed him. And like, he kind of took a step closer and they kind of stepped closer to him and he kind of got the impression he should probably get out of Dodge. Uh, So he kind of got back into his car and he was, okay, this is really a weird detail. He got struck by the odor of fresh alfalfa and almonds. I don't know about y'all, but I don't know what fucking alfalfa smells like. Green. Yeah. Like, I guess he was a cook, so maybe like he would kind of like know this shit, but yeah, yeah. But yeah, I feel like the smelling like... I thought almonds, or it's mm, the like having a stroke. No, that's t- isn't that burnt toast? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, 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 I feel like almonds was a thing though. Almonds like specific- smells like uh, gangrene, don't they? Like when you got like a rotty piece of your body, it smells it like, almonds. like almonds. Like, am I wrong? Mm, I mean, I if know. I saw three humanoid frogs, I would probably be having a stroke, too. Yeah. <laughs> I would imagine. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? You would be, like, at least a little shook. Oh, yeah. uh, that's what it is. I just remembered. Almonds are rattlesnakes. Uh, apparently, if you Ooh. are near a rattlesnake, you can smell a kind of, like, sweet, like, almondy smell. Huh. Um, okay. That they Good to give know. off a little bit of. Wow. Look at that. Y'all are learning something. Yeah. So, Yeah. And, you know, he obviously reported this to the authorities and there are some sources that say the FBI did get involved, but like nothing really came of that. Um, Mulder. What? Mm-hmm. Mulder. Mulder was there. He's like, Scully. It's just, a, it's just in a file somewhere now. I believe. It- Mulder. <laughs> you need to be scientific about this, except when it comes to Catholicism and then believe it wholeheartedly. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, also, what's up with that? if you could just, like, pass out or not look every time something interesting happens. <laughs> it's aliens right there, Scully. She's like, hold on, I'm texting. <laughs> I just pulled like you out of right an alien there. spaceship, and we're laying in the snow, and it just took off, but you were asleep. Also, spoiler, like, what about the time that, like, Scully got impregnated by aliens? Yeah. yeah. Like, how do you write that off as, like, mm, it didn't, I don't know. It was a well, real weird time. To be fair, yeah. you can... You can get pregnant. 
<laughs> yeah, I guess in pregnancy general. does happen. It's okay. still, yeah, there's a lot of weird stuff with <laughs> Scully's inability to believe Mulder, but we can move on. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Yeah, what uh, was our... Uh... Oh, the... <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, the fisting motion. Fisting motion and (laughs) shut up and let's move on. (laughs) All right. Yeah, so the the second sighting um, was in June, July of that same year. And a volunteer firefighter was driving once again. And I don't know if I mentioned this last time, so I do apologize. Is by the Little Miami River. This is where all these sightings happen. And, you know, I think I forgot to mention that detail in the first kind of moment. But so a firefighter was driving on the little Miami river when he noticed that there were like four weird kind of three to four foot tall figures, like playing around in the water. He also noticed this stench in the air. Mm-hmm. It, it, I couldn't find any details on what, how he described it, but I bet you it was alfalfa and almonds. And then, uh, in 1972, so a little bit of span of time, March 3rd, we had another sighting again, late at night. This was a Loveland police officer by the name of Ray Shockey. And he was driving also on river. Good name. Also, there's a lot of good names in these, and it's just like a little bit. It's like, mm, is this real? But yeah. So he was dri- driving on Riverside. Oh, this is a good name. Riverside Drive near the Totes Boot Factory, <laughs> <laughs> also by the Little Miami River. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he saw a unidentified animal scurry across the road in front of his vehicle, the animal was fully illuminated in his vehicle's headlights. And he described it as a three to four foot long or tall, um, about 50, 75 pounds, which, by the way, how could someone look at something and know how much it weighs? Like that is you're going to hear this a lot with cryptid talk, but people are just randomly throwing out weights like left and right. Like it was about 55 pounds. Like, how the fuck you know? They're just like thinking of a dog average size. I guess like it looks like a Labrador retriever sized animal. I don't know. Maybe that's what they said. And then the person writing it down was like, yeah. Yeah, it's like 55. Yeah. Pounds. I don't know. I mean, yeah, if you get an old enough big dog. Um, They're all the someone who works at a carnival uh, <laughs> guesses weight. It's like every <laughs> single step person. Step right up. Step right up. You're about 160. Mm, don't fat shame me, man. Um, so, that's yes. Not. 160. I, no, not. I know. No, no. It's but, so small. Yeah, that's for sure. That's real tiny. Uh, that. Joke was not well thought out. Um, <laughs> but so he says about 50, 75 pounds and it had leathery skin. He's reported it kind of like looked back at him and then like crouched and like kind of jumped or scurried over the guardrail and kind of went into the darkness. Mm-hmm. Um, and then about two weeks later, another Loveland police officer by the name of Mark Matthews, good alliteration, reported seeing an unidentified animal crouched in the road in the same vicinity as Shockey's sighting. Um, Matthews did shoot the animal. Okay. More more animal deaths. Sorry, everyone. Um, recovered the body and put it in his trunk to show the other guy. And according to Matthews, it was actually a large iguana, about three to three and a half feet long. Uh, but he didn't recognize it because it seemed to have been missing its tail. They assume like either someone has a pet and it got loose or like maybe it just got too big and they just released it. Mm-hmm. Um, he showed it to Shockey who said, yes, that was the animal I saw. And then um, Matthews later on down the road had talked to some author who wanted to like write a book about the Loveland frog. Um, but the author did admit, omit the part about it actually being an iguana. So, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. as you, Oh, 
One last sighting, a little bit more recent, 2016. That's a couple, real recent. Real recent. As far as cryptids go, that's pretty, that's pretty much today. <laughs> um, a couple was playing Pokemon Go. <laughs> yes. And before you ask, the, the person said, no, it was not a monster in the game. It was real. Um, they saw the Loveland Frog. Um, it was kind of, it was in that similar kind of area, but a little further from the Miami River, little Miami River. And um, there's some really bad photographic evidence and a video, but they quickly admitted it was a hoax. Oh. So, yeah. So. 2016, we all needed something. We needed something. We, we were reaching for hope mm-hmm. of anything else. <laughs> yeah. Like the, the pictures, it just looks like someone has a really bad cosplay outfit on with two giant flashlights for eyeballs. Yeah. It's bad. It's, it, it's quite evident that it is not real. Um, so, you know, theories obviously is like they're demons, you know, per the, um, Miami people, uh, a pet iguana that got loose without a tail aliens. That That's kind of the general theories, yeah. uh, across the board. Um, one other little tidbit, uh, before I handed over the gym, I could not, I tried so hard. I could not find any recordings, but for the uh, Cincinnati Fringe Fest in 2014, there was a bluegrass musical based on the Loveland Frog called Hot Damn, It's the Loveland Frog. I swear I looked for hours. I could not find, I only found like mentions of it in articles, but I could not find the recording. And I am so distraught. Yeah, like I wanna, I, I want to hear that. Band. I know, I do. I wonder what what year was that? Two thousand fourteen. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's not that long. I went like searching, you know, like I I did my best. I'll check on the the archive. What is it? Archive dot com or something like that, where it archives all of the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I can find something that got posted and then deleted. Or yeah, like I was so bummed. I was like, what? Because you know. There's not too many cryptids that get their own songs. There's a few, but like a whole Mr. damn musical. Man, send me your eyes. Dun, 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 dun. Send me your prophecy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that is the Loveland Frog. Um, just a great, goofy, wholesome little cryptid. Nice. Yeah. Nice. That that just reminded me of the um, what's it called the the Kappa or. Yeah, Kappa. Kappa? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, like Japanese the, demon. The that, yokai that has like the little, little like... cup on its head. Yeah, the little yeah, leaf yeah. Uh, lily yeah. pad and it collects water. Yeah. And also comes for a gland that's in your butt. What? <laughs> which one? Uh, wh- what? What? Which which gland? So, okay. Based on what I know of it is like that is kind of one of its key traits is like be careful don't hang your ass over a river because like the kappa will come and like try to pluck this like spherical gland out of your butt i mean is it your prostate i don't know of many glands in there i mean there might be tons i I mean don't fucking know you know i i feel like dogs have a gland yeah they sure do because like the way to uh scare away a kappa is just fart on them (laughs) (laughs) look i'm not making this shit up don't yeah. hold it. <laughs> yeah, don't hold it in. Scare a kappa. Like, <laughs> but yeah, that that is what, I, yeah, they are kind of like frog ambi- amphibious kind of turtle things. Yeah, yeah. I just, that was like the first thing that popped in my head, which also made me think like, eventually we should yeah. do cryptids that are 
from like Ooh. other ancient like demons. And, yeah, because they they fall into the same category. One hundred percent. Yeah, I am. Like Jim and I have been talking about it, and I've been doing a little bit of research too because um, a lot of yokai come from like Shinto. So I'm kind of trying to de- make sure that I'm being sensitive to that because Shinto is like a religion. Um, and to make yeah, sure that yeah. I am not disrespecting a sacred, because there's some like yokai that are a little bit more like, okay, you you fit into the context of sexy time, it it's probably chill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so we don't like, want to like demean a uh, a specific. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Because I, I was I was doing a research on a specific one, wink, and, you know, <laughs> and I was also just like looking up generally like Shinto and yokai and like is Shinto still practiced and all this, which it is. It's, um, you know, just for folks at home, little tidbit, it's like kind of Japan's indigenous like religion. It's like its oldest religion. Um, you know, there's debate on whether it is or is not a religion, but I would say if some people think it is, then it is get over it. You know, um, uh, now I want to do a Kraken porn. <laughs> Oof, that's, uh, a, that's a big boy. He is a big boy. Yeah. But he is covered in, well, I don't know. I mean, there's lots of different descriptions. Technically, he's Norse, by the way. Like, I don't know why they put it in all the Greek stuff, but he's a, yeah, he's an old Norse creature. Yeah. I mean, I think he's from the story of Arrowad, which is one of the greatest names. I wouldn't mind doing Greek creatures as well, though. I mean, Mm -hmm. like, yeah. Any kind of monster I'm down for. Yeah. 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 Minotaur. Minotaur. Benatar. Hello, Benatar. <laughs> Pat Benatar. Um, <laughs> all right. <laughs> okay. Speaking but, of Pat Benatar, yeah, the uh, name that uh, I came up for to hide the fact that we were talking about Loveland Frogman was Schmovelin Bogham, and Joyce made a very good ditty. <laughs> Basically, yeah, like... Um, it just it feels very much like a like a RV salesman or something or like you know some like country commercial like Schmaffler's bog ham guaranteed to be the best damn bog ham you've ever had. <laughs> Come on down, get a slab of our bog ham. <laughs> 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 you gotta have this Seinfeld. <laughs> 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 um, all right. Well, the real question at this point has to be. The frog fuck. Do they fuck? Do they fuck? Yeah. <laughs> you sound so defeated. <laughs> I mean, I have dialogue in front of me, so I know they do fuck. They do, <laughs> they do indeed. Hooray. Hooray. Yay. They fuck. Good um, for them. Okay. Where I get to sit back. Yeah. Loveland Frogman. John had only been in Ohio a couple months. He had found a job working and living at the new RV park whose owner was a close friend of his uncle. It seemed like the perfect gig. While living in an old airstream at the back of the park, John was tasked with preparing the grounds and remaining lots for the park park's opening in the spring. His boss left him alone to take care of the grounds as he saw fit, and he didn't pay rent to live in the airstream. This freedom was exactly what John was looking for. Wanting to enjoy his solitude before the park opened, he turned his attention to the woods behind his airstream. The forest still had the quiet of the last days of winter on it, buds barely visible on the tree branches. Each day, John would venture deeper into the woods, noticing the minute daily changes in the flora and fauna as winter turned into spring. He thought back on conversation he had with his boss a week prior, 
After settling some decisions about the work to be done, his boss had asked John how he was liking Ohio and if he had gone into town and made any friends. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. It scared me, but also was funny timing. You okay? Yep. Just just a quick... Maybe the chocolate covered espresso beans was a, a poor choice. Damn, I just drank all my drinks too. Okay. <clears throat> no. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, there it is. No. Just buy groceries. That's it. John answered, his response short and his voice gruff as it had been since he was a child. He then Wait, added what? <laughs> What? I'm six years old. <laughs> no, I love it. Going, going. You never met a kid that had a gruff voice? It's adorable. <laughs> Hello. Not- My name is <laughs> Golem. My name is Jam. <laughs> <laughs> it's usually because they have allergies, but I'll, I digress. Mm. Okay. John answered, his response short, his voice gruff as it had been since he was a child. He then added that he had been hiking the woods surrounding the park every day. Upon hearing this, his boss chuckled and said, well, just watch out for the river demons. John took this talk of river demons as a joke. He had always been more at home in nature, away from the people and civilization, though he could admit he felt a sort of magic in the changes of the sound and smell of the forest as the seasons progressed. He never experienced anything unexplainable. Nature was magical just because it was. It didn't need any wild sci-fi stories to liven it up. This was John's train of thought as he hiked alongside a creek, debating whether to dip his feet in. The sounds of rushing water increased as John hiked. Finally, he made it to the creek's destination, a slow-moving bend in a small river. This was the Little Miami River, according to the map back at the park's rental office. John had found what he was looking for, a quiet, private place to swim. John had always loved water. He remembered the stories his mother had told him about his childhood. Even as a baby, he loved baths and would try to put his face under the running faucet. His mother found him one afternoon in the middle of a neighbor's koi pond, having just caught a fish with his bare hands. He was three years old at the time. John loved nothing more than going for a swim and found himself visiting his newfound spot each day. It was an unusually warm day when John got off work and trekked out through the woods to his spot on the river. With practiced hands, he moved his thermal shirt, jeans, and underwear, and draped them over a low-hanging branch. He stuffed his socks in his shoes and padded out to the water. He wasn't worried about being found nude. He had been hiking out to the spot every day and had never seen evidence of another human having been there. Even animals seemed scarce in this part of the woods. Though the air temperature was pleasant, the water was still icy cold. John swam hard, getting his blood pumping, the chill of the water forgotten. He dove under, eyes open, reaching for the bottom of that shallow, slow-flowing bend in the river. He held his breath for as long as he could, looking around the rocky bottom for anything he found interesting. He saw a small stone, bluer than those around it. Drawn to it, he picked it up and brought it to the surface. Ready for a break, he swam toward the opposite bank. There was a flat, open area that was the perfect place to stretch out and warm himself in the sun. Lying there on the smooth, flat, sun-heated stones, John dozed off peacefully next to a small pile of rocks, nearly identical to the one he found today. John woke slowly to the sound of croaking frogs and crickets singing in the brush. He had slept longer than he normally would, the sun just below the horizon. He let out a quiet puff of air through full, wide lips and sat up. 
It was then that he noticed his pile of blue rocks glowing faintly. He had been drawn to them in the daylight, blue-gray, so round they were almost spherical, but now, in the dust, they appeared to have a bioluminescence that captivated him. John reached for one of the stones, picking it up and feeling its heft. Physically, he could tell the stone felt no different than in the daylight. Mentally, however, John felt the stone with his mind, within his entire being. The stone felt heavy with possibility. He felt a stirring in his groin as he looked at and felt the stones. Confused by this, since he certainly had never been aroused by stones before, he thought maybe the sensation of the cool breeze on his exposed skin had caused his blood to start flowing. Hmm. As John was entranced by the stones, the sky grew darker, and the moon, full and round, made its appearance. John realized belatedly that he had been hearing a scuffling sound. It didn't register with him until the sound stopped about ten feet behind him. He stood up quickly, ready to jump in the water and swim to the bank where his clothes still hung. Thinking he would see a boar or other large animal, he looked toward the sound. But all John saw was a blue light, the same color as his stones, but much brighter. Under this blue light and the light of the full moon, he could make out hunched figures. John backed slowly toward the river, not knowing who these people were or where they had come from. As his heels hit the water, he heard a voice croak out. All right. I got to practice a croak. Hold on. This is this is me, though. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, okay. no, you're coming next. But this is, again. yeah. Because I didn't want you to do, like, every voice. I thought that wasn't very fair. But. Yeah, <laughs> you know I would. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. It's, like, it's like, a croak, but I don't wait. have a croak. Like, you know. Fair. Wait. 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 Oh. Should I talk like this? You you can. That's I think, wild. I think you'll ruin your vocal cords if you talk. No, I can talk like this forever. It's very disturbing, I promise, but this is totally fine for me. Makes me physically uncomfortable. <laughs> I think if I put a chorus over it, it's going to really freak people out. <laughs> nice. Hey, can you can you make my voice gravelly? I can try. <laughs> I mean, you don't I, you don't I have don't to. I can try. No, I don't I'll try it out. Of editing. Yeah, I'd be into it. Wait, no, wait, wait. Hold on. I did it in practice, but this was like two weeks ago. So, wait, Ken, we mean no harm. <laughs> it sounds like an old gangster from like Boston in like one of those fifties movies. Hot. Hold on. Oh. I need to take my Getting hot, getting sweaty. It's getting hot in here, so I take off my hoodie. (laughs) Wait, kid. Wait, your hot dog. Wait, kid. (laughs) Welcome to Jersey. Nah, it's got a zoot suit on. (laughs) Do this. Go. And then try to do that in that voice. Wait. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty good. Hold on. Wait. Kid, we mean no harm. I love it. It's perfect. <laughs> I'm dying. It was the figure directly beneath the blue light. The figures to the sides of this one all croaked in harmony. Wait, Ken. Ken, wait. Utterly confused by this and, con- and suddenly embarrassed and feeling naked, John stopped and stared toward the figures. They shuffled forward in unison, and he could see now that they weren't hunched old people, stooped and robed, but gigantic toads. Upon realizing this, John let out a startled grunt. Then 
Then the middle uh-huh. toe. <laughs> uh-huh. Then. The- <laughs> Sorry. Go on. Then the middle toe said, Pleak. <clears throat> what was it? <clears throat> Audio gold. <laughs> oh, I'm keeping all. No, of this. please, no. Please. <laughs> please, no. Please. Kill I, me this now. Is Kill me. <laughs> this is my favorite part of the podcast. So good. Please stay. We need your help. The toads to either side croaked. Stay. Stay. Help. John could now see that the middle toad was holding a staff that was topped with blue light. Noticing John's attention going to the light, the middle toad said, This staff holds the power of kin. It has been passed down to me. The stone above is a conduit for the staff. It turns blue with the power but fades and is replaced. We see you were drawn to the old stones. This proves you are kin. We have been watching. I feel like I'm like watching Dark Crystal. You know, like the Skeksky... Skeksky? John remained silent. <laughs> John remained silent for the length of twenty heartbeats, mind reeling at what was unfolding before him. All five toads were the height of a child. John would guess around four feet. They stood on two legs, slightly hunched, their feet and hands long and slightly webbed, body stocky and skin bumpy, except on their smooth, wet-looking stomachs. What was most shocking, however, were their faces. Mouths as wide as their heads, cavernous when they spoke. No ears that John could see, yet they had protruding, expressive brows. Most striking were their huge, round eyes. Black, oblong pupils were shared amongst the toads, but he could tell them apart by the color in their irises. One red, another green, then orange, then yellow, and blue for the one holding the staff. Finally finding his voice, John asked, Who are you? The middle toad croaked in answer. Ken. Ken. Oh, no, that's you. Oh, no. I didn't point. I keep getting excited. <laughs> I am Elder. These are kin. They gestured to the four toads around them, then continued. As you are kin. Kin, kin, help, kin. The other toads croaked. I don't have anything else for toads. <laughs> right, it's ne- it's John next. Oh, got it. <laughs> I'm not... <laughs> I knew this was going to happen. Yeah. It's tricky to switch. Yeah. I'm not. Um, I'm. Um, oh, no. I'm not Ken. Oh, no, man. I'm. I'm, I'm not Ken. How do I do a gravelly voice without not going back to the frog? The okay. I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm not. <laughs> That's so fucking hard. I'm not kin, but I'm human. No, not yet. Oh, damn. John refuted. If he knew one thing, it's that he definitely wasn't a giant magic toad. 
You are kin. Elder croaked, then added, We have watched you since we woke. You are waterfolk like kin, and you feel the power of kin through the old stones. John recounted his interest and pull toward the blue stones, and the sense of heaviness and possibility he felt when he touched them as they began to shine dimly in the dusky light. But I'm human. John Damn. said. You did good. That was good. John said. Yes. Elder croaked. But kin blood also runs through you. Kin and human blood have mingled in ages past. This means you can help us. Grunting in resignation, unable to hold back his curiosity, John asked, How can I help? Not knowing what he could possibly do for five humanoid toads that collectively had a magic staff. Our seed has grown weak, Elder said. Each year when we wake, we spawn and carry on our kin. And each year there have been fewer with seed to give and fewer kin spawned. Kin and I are the last here. Elder gestures to the four kin and themselves. I don't follow. John said bluntly. We need your kin seed. Elder explained. My seed? John asked incredulous. <laughs> seed, seed, spawn, seed. Kin croaked. Elder then raised the staff they were holding and pointed it toward John's exposed member. I just saw the next line, uh, the description of the next line, and that's, you just shook me to my fucking cord. <laughs> I'm going to say what it is later. Go on. Okay. <clears throat> you have kin seed to spare. We have seen. We have watched kin Wait, for days. Wait, seen? <laughs> See, they watch you masturbate. We're getting to it. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. We- <laughs> We have watched Kin for days. Elder said as the light from the glowing orb atop the staff encased John's flaccid dick. John, suddenly red in the face, remembered masturbating languidly while lying on the bank a couple days past. He did not realize he had had an audience. As he thought this, he could feel a power emanating from the staff pointed at his junk. Once again, he was filled with a sense of heaviness and possibility, much stronger this time. He felt a connection to his surroundings and the creatures within it. Through each powerful lung full of night air, he could taste the earth, the river, the fresh green, and the trees. John could see the auras of Elder and the kin, swirling, hopeful, non-threatening. He was surprised to look down and see that his aura was the same. Despite all these new stimuli, or perhaps because of it, John could feel blood rushing to his groin. With each pump of blood, he could feel his dick lengthening, widening, filling out to capacity. Something about the power coursing through him felt so erotic that within the span of a few breaths, he was painfully hard. Precum began to dribble out of his tip. Sorry. You saying precum started to dribble out of his tip and then pointing at me was too much. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Here we go. Seed, seed, spawn, seed, and and just in brackets it says super excited to see come. <laughs> They're pumped, y'all. Fucking pumped. They are pumped for come. Okay. <laughs> Ken all gasped and croaked excitedly. Sure, but what am I supposed to do with it? John asked. 
At this, Elder motioned to the kin, and they all pulled out large, wet orbs from leather satchels they had at their hips, each the size of a large pomelo, dark, almost black at the center, surrounded by clear, firm jelly. Is this what they mean by pondering your orb? (laughs) (laughs) The orbs had an iridescent sheen on them like motor oil on the surface of water. They placed them together, four in total, before John. The eggs must be covered in seed under the full moon. This is the spawn. Elder croaked, looking at John and the eggs expectantly. Despite the bizarre scene before him, John was very aroused. He assumed due to the power coursing through him from the staff. Every breeze against his hot cock felt like a gentle tug. He no longer felt afraid of these creatures. Ken all seemed comically lovable the way they scampered and croaked over one another excitedly. And Elder seemed very wise, full of hidden knowledge. John thought about them dying off and decided he would like to help them if he could. Okay, yeah, I'll help. John said, and Ken all croaked in glee as they began to hold one another and gyrate. John grabbed hold of his hard cock and began to stroke slowly. He was taken over by the power of Ken and by the magic of the spawn under the full moon. He stroked faster and faster as the other kin rubbed one another, licking with their incredibly long toad tongues. Elder stood there quietly, watching the spawn unfold. John could feel their eyes upon him as he tipped over the edge. As John's muscles tensed, he aimed his few ropes toward the eggs, splattering them with his hot cum. At the same time, one of the kin also added their seed, a single rope, shooting it from a hole that John assumed was their cloaca. Feeling slightly embarrassed now that the act was finished, John looked to Elder to confirm the job was done. But Elder just shook their head and said, The spotting must continue. John could see that the kin continued to rub, lick, and gyrate on one another. They seemed to be in a sort of lustful trance. John asked Elder, Why are you not with them? To which Elder replied, I have not had egg nor seed for many years. John could hear the sadness in their croaked words. He felt shitty for asking. Elder continued, The spawn requires much more seed to be spilled, if we hope to raise more kin. John understood the request, but felt a little tapped out, looking down at his deflating dick. Following John's line of sight, Elder asked, May I help? Help how? Asked John. Get me, old Gramp. <laughs> My frog Gramp's gonna jerk me off. <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna do with that magic rod? Tug me down, Daddy. Tug me down. By touching you, said Elder. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> this is giving him like the basic sex lesson. This thing right here, it does stuff when I touch you. They shuffled closer to John, reaching out their long, fingered toad hand. John had never liked being touched. The sensation of human hands on his body was like sandpaper, rough, hot, and much too dry. It was for this reason he had little experience being touched erotically. He felt very much out of his element, but didn't want to back down. He grabbed Elder's hand with his own, testing its surface. To John's surprise, Elder's hand felt smooth, cool, and slick. Nothing like the hands of schoolmates and work colleagues he had always cringed away from. 
John looked into Elder's blue eyes with a mixture of surprise, delight, and bone-deep relief at the first moment of physical connection that didn't cause him discomfort. Yes, John said, throat tight. He fought back tears at this new and wonderful sensation of being touched by another being. Upon seeing John's acceptance, Elder moved forward, one hand holding their staff, the other trailing lightly down John's chest, testing. Holding his staff. <laughs> the, the one with the rock on top. <laughs> Not the other staff. We're, we're getting to it. One hand holding their staff, the other trailing lightly down John's chest, testing, gauging John's reactions. For his part, John felt the muscles under the skin of his chest ripple as Elder's hand trailed down. Being touched for the first time made his stomach do flips. John felt dizzy, his breath fast. Elder's hand trailed lower still and John's groin muscles jerked and felt ticklish. His limp dick began to perk up, twitching back to life. Elder grabbed hold of John's cock, stroking slowly as it began to fill again, plump and juicy. John, John could feel the slick, smooth surface of Elder's palm. It felt cool and soothing against his hot shaft. Elder began to stroke faster, twisting his slick fingers and palm back and forth from the base of the tip of John's flushed mushroom head. As John began to grunt and moan, cheeks rosy and breathing hard, Elder's tongue slid out of their wide mouth, impossibly long, that tongue spanned the short distance between the two and made contact with John's chest. Slimy wet, the tip of Elder's tongue twirled against John's nipple, causing it to go erect. There they are. Nipples. You have to. Bring them in. The sensation was enough to make John cry out. Nearly there, John watched as one of the other kin ejaculated onto the eggs, splattering them with another single rope. This sent John over the edge, and he too began to spill his seed adding a few more ropes to the glistening pile of eggs. Breathless and panting, John looked toward Elder, a mysterious being full of ancient knowledge, and John's first. Just a little more seed and the spawning will be complete, Elder said. John looked down at his wet dick, losing its girth and length with every beat of his heart. I'm not sure I can, said John. I know a way, if you are open to trying, said Elder. Taking a moment to psych himself up, John stood up to his full height again and said, Sure. At this, Elder moved behind John and placed, the <laughs> and placed their slick hand on John's hip, grounding and stabilizing John. Elder's tongue began to slide out of their large mouth, glistening with slime. It stretched out, reaching John's ass, giving his bouncy cheek a taste, then traveled on around John's waist and up toward his nipples again. Licking playfully at John's nipples until they were hard and pointed, Elder's long-fingered hand reached around to John's inner thigh, grabbing his balls and rolling them gently. Elder's tongue snaked up to John's ear and teased at it. John had never felt anything like it, and his eyes rolled back in pleasure. As John's cock began to grow again, steadily pulsing larger and larger, Elder's tongue traveled down, down to the dip between John's ass cheeks where they met at his back. Elder stroked John's heavy dick, wet from cum and toad slime. John let out a low moan, feeling tender but still needy. As John began to rock his hips, his muscles flexing, Elder's tongue explored John's ass, licking up and down along the crevasse that split his pert cheeks. 
The tip of Elder's tongue found the pulsing tight hole of John's anus and began to prod at it gently. Stroking John's shaft quickly now, Elder pushed the tip of their long, thick tongue harder against John's virgin asshole. Coated in thick, slick slime that eased its entrance, Elder's tongue gradually entered John's ass. John grunted, followed by a moan and his cock hardened further. Now inside of John, tasting him more intimately than anyone ever had. I'm sure he is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Elder used the tip of their tongue to feel around for the precious lump they knew they would find within. The other kin were cavorting and grinding in such a fury that a froth was forming around them. It smelled of earth, river stones, alfalfa, and almonds. The aroma was heady, making John's head spin as he panted lustfully. Elder stroked John's length, picking up the pace to move in time with the throbbing kin. Their tongue thrusted and pulsed, squelching up into John's guts, causing slime to drip down his legs. John's tight asshole clenched and sucked at Elder's tongue. Elder plunged their tongue in further, pulsing against John's prostate to force his ejaculation one final time. Keep reading. I feel a lot of judgment from the looks right mm-hmm. now. No judgment. Just okay. taking it all that in. That is not the face I'm making. Okay. Like John is. Okay. I'm, I'm We're focused. here. John saw stars as his prostate was milked for the first time. His cock shot out rope after rope of hot batter so forcefully that... <laughs> I, knew, I knew batter was going to get a little bit of a wheeze. Yeah. John... When I practiced it at home, reading it out loud, like I could, I like I could not say batter without laughing. It's it's good. It's awkward, but you know you gotta you gotta spice it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> John saw stars as his prostate was milked for the first time. His cock shot out rope after rope of hot batter so forcefully that he could barely stay standing. Every muscle in his body clenched as his face contorted, his mouth hanging open to let out a loud moan. As his cum splattered the eggs below, another kin managed a rope of their own. At this, the kin all collapsed, panting. John fell to his hands and knees, legs too weak to carry him anymore. Elder pulled their long tongue from John, walked away a few steps, and sat down, giving everyone their space. The cool night air slowly dried John's sweat-soaked body, Exhausted, spent, John laid there on his back, staring up at the full moon. After a while, he could hear the crickets chirping again, and the kin began to get up and shuffle around. John sat up and looked toward Elder. He could see Elder look at the eggs. The mounds of cum had been absorbed, and the dark centers of each egg quivered and spun. Calm and proud, Elder told the kin to take the eggs to their birthing place. John stood up and brushed himself off. He felt sticky, but more relaxed than he had ever been. He looked toward Elder and could tell the magical toad was satisfied with the work done. Thank you, kitten, croaked Elder. What will you do now? Asked John. We will rest. The spawn is exhausting work for kitten. John felt awkward, not knowing what to say or how to continue from here. Elder sensed this and said, You may come back any time you wish, but the young kin will not emerge until the third full moon. I invite you back to witness their birthing. I will, said John, happy to be invited to take part in the lives of these interesting beings. 
At this, Elder turned and followed the kin back into the dark of the woods. John jumped back in the river and scrubbed off, then made his way back across to where he left his clothes. Wet and shivering, it was a cold hike back through the forest to his airstream. But John walked lightly and with purpose, a warmth in his chest that couldn't be cooled, something he had never felt before. He's going to go to a cryptid baby shower. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Papa going to make some. He's going to turn into a cryptid doula. Oh, my God. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> Tongue up in them guts. Tongue up, squelching up in them guts. Look, I'm looking to rearrange some guts. <laughs> I just imagine, like, in the cartoons, I was like... <laughs> like uh, like the old uh, Windows uh, screensaver yes. with, the, like, the pipes. Like Snake or whatever. Mm-hmm. Snake. <laughs> so I wrote that. That came from me. That's my baby. I enjoyed it. And you didn't even have to, like, jack off on some eggs to get it. I know. It just came to my mind. I know. It sounds so, like a lot less work. Came no, all over the place. Yeah, yeah, I didn't have to splooge on eggs at all. No batter, mm-hmm. no nothing. <laughs> That's I find nothing worse than in porn when someone says baby batter. I'm like, please, Oh, is that a thing? Please. Yeah, it definitely is. Oh, no. There's no. But... also baby gravy. Oh. Baby gravy's worse because I mean I guess batter is also a food thing. Yeah, I mean, they're both bad. You just during sex, no one should mention baby. No, but see the thing is, like for the breeding kink, like sometimes that's like a you're gonna put a baby in me, mm. and think, that's kind of a thing. You don't yeah, actually I want a baby. True. In you. Maybe true. some that's people true. do, but like it's it's a, it's still a breeding thing. Yeah, I think the problem with gravy. Is that is one of those words that sounds just like the thing? And like, don't get me wrong, I like gravy, but no, gravy's great. I'd be touching it, touching it with your hands and other parts of your body would be. Ugh. Yeah, well, that and it's savory, and you don't really think of like things that are savory being sexy necessarily, like I don't know, whipped cum's cream. Pretty savory. Back. Yeah, I guess. I've I've definitely wrote a lot about cum for being a person who. Doesn't exactly love to eat it, but you know, it's whatever. I was worried since you know, uh, frogmen probably have like giant mouths that you're just gonna be like, just buckets of cub in the mouth. And I was like, <laughs> oh god, gotta get ready for this. Luckily, it didn't happen that no, way. No, it wasn't that way. It was, a, it was definitely a breeding thing. All right, hold on. If you ever want to do buckets of cum in someone's mouth, that's fine. Joyce no, can I... suffer. <laughs> no, no. And don't get me wrong. I'm not like kink shaming anyone or anything. Mm-hmm. I just, I was saying like, I imagine that was coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, wink, 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 wink. Yeah. Wink. And I was just like, and then like I did the uh, mental gymnastics of imagining a giant toad like with a mouth like just a fucking like bird bath of cum and i was like oh that's a lot of cum that's a whole that's whole a bunch. whole lot my cryptid name is cum bucket <laughs> <laughs> dump in me dump in me. just like a couple of birds just swimming around yum, 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 yum. yeah so no don't get me wrong i'm not shaming anyone like you know i like a smidgen 
me personally. Mm-hmm. I can save the rest. Everyone else is going to have the rest. <laughs> just a little. No, thank you. Just save me a little bit. Just, just, just save a me a little, little bit. A little bit. You know, if you can't finish it all. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take a jogging bag of cum, please. Do you guys do a little box? Do you do a box? Gigi, can I have a box? Can I have a little uh, foil swan full of cum? Well, it's like if your partner is like eating a food and they're like, oh, do you want any? You're like, no. no. And it's like, and then they'll be like, well, I'll eat as much as I, I can and like if you, can have if you want it. left. That's yeah. kind of that's kind of me. So yeah. I, I you know I'm not really into cake but I will take the icing. So I would like to ask you both Joyce first. Would you would you uh, be fucked by a frogman or and or come on some eggs, I guess. Hmm. I don't know because again there's there has to be here's the thing with the cryptid if i'm like really just playing in the space like it's like okay scary ah you know get over the initial shock first like this dude was like uh huh? <laughs> like that's really quick it Every, was. everyone in these stories move very quickly yes. well he does have kin blood so there's blood. some internal part of him that's like yeah back to home yeah. base mm-hmm. But yeah, like, you know, I'm not against the little tongue in the butt. <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's, that's where I'm at as well. The moment you were like, the tongue in the butt hitting the prostate, I was like, mm, okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm back on board. There, I, there were some things that I wouldn't be super excited about, but would I j- jerk off on some eggs to save a, a dying race of people while one of them eats my butt? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I would be in my head about it a little bit, but I would get there. You compartmentalize. Yeah, you know, you just got to get over and get out of your head a little Mm -hmm. bit. Yeah, I would one hundred percent come on it. Bad dragon dildo, and you're good to go. (laughs) Speaking of, (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh, I we named it. We named it Mandarb. Magdarb. No, Mandarb. But we have to say it with a certain voice. Mandarb. Mandarb. Um, and Puma Man. Puma. Puma. And, uh, it it worked out. It actually worked out. Told you. Told you it'd be fine. Obviously not the whole thing. There's only so much of me, but like <laughs> but like, you know, got half in there. Jim is only so much person. There's only so much of me here. Yeah, I would definitely I, I don't know. I don't know about like having cause like, you know, salmonella, but like I don't know about having toads like touch on me. Mm, yeah. But would you get warts? Is that a real thing? No, that's no, not, not a real thing. thing. Not a real but thing. they definitely like all re- reptiles and amphibians and birds have just fucking coated in salmonella. So I'm not into that. But like I'd come on some eggs for sure. Yeah. I think the cold hand bit wouldn't be as nice. Like, you know, cause... See, I think like cold is nice. Mm, I kinda like cold. Eh, I like a little bit of warm, you know. Yeah, warm can be good too. Warm's good, but I could imagine because this uh, the where you put ice like ice cubes in your mouth and you give a blowjob, like that's pretty nice. That's so, what I yeah. hear. Mm-hmm. I I won't say where, but I'll tell you after the podcast. <laughs> I've heard such things. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think good place to kind of. Yeah. 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 I think yeah that was let's a- just leave you with that. Yeah, let's yeah. leave you with ice cubes in the mouth while giving a blowjob. Yeah, think about coming on some eggs. Yeah, come on some <laughs> eggs, slimy tongue up your butt, milking your prostate. Milking it, just milking mm-hmm. it. Just well. You're getting milked like a cow, like a damn cow. <laughs> well, big thank you for listening. <laughs>
<laughs> Big thank you for listening. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at Love at First Sighting. Catch episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We're also on Google. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. We're also on Google Podcasts. And I'll have to pull up the list sometimes. But we're 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 where you can find podcasts. Find. Yeah, yeah. Even if you don't have one of those services, you can get our RSS feed. Um, which I should just go ahead and put up on our our um Instagram and Twitter. Sweet. Just if people want to follow it directly from their browser. Yeah. Um, we also have a Gmail at laughspod at gmail.com. That's L that's L A F S pod at gmail.com send us you know send us porn send us smut send us your writings and corrections or you know whatever just write to us we want to hear from you um but yeah watch the shadows sweeties stay horny babes go get milked by a monster (laughs) (laughs) bye-bye bye Bye. oh shit